Hello, and welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast with Dr. Jeremy Simpson of the Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elkin, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy the podcast today as we search together in the precious Word of God. Well, amen. This is Pastor Jeremy Simpson, and I appreciate you tuning in to the Treasures of Truth podcast today, episode 54. And this is part four of a mini-series here that we've been doing on Barnabas, the son of consolation. And this is the fourth part to that, and probably the last. And I'm going to get finished today on the podcast. may take us a little while, and uh, we may go a little longer, maybe 15 minutes or so today. But I want to go right to the Word of God. We've been talking about this son of consolation as Barnabas was nicknamed. His actual name was Joseph, according to chapter 4 of the book of Acts. But the apostles nicknamed him, surnamed him Barnabas, son of consolation. And uh, boy, I, I would wonder what folks would call us in relation to what, how we live and uh, the testimony we have. But that's another message for another day. We looked at the first sign of a encourager of an encourager the first one is there in the passage we started with acts 4 the first thing an encourager does will bring blessings to others he sold that piece of property and brought it to meet the needs of those in the early church that were poor and then we learned in chapter number nine when the apostle paul had been saved for three years and the church at jerusalem would not allow him to join up it was Barnabas that broke barriers. So we need to bring blessings to others to encourage. And also we need to break barriers for others like Barnabas did. But I want to go to chapter number 15 of the book of Acts today. In chapter 15 of the book of Acts, we find Barnabas building bridges for others. We're to bring blessings to others, we're to break barriers for others, but we're also to build bridges for others. In chapter 15, verse number 36, listen what the Word of God teaches us here. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the Word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them. And he departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them, that is, Paul and Barnabas, that they departed asunder, one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. Here we find Barnabas building a bridge. Now, there's a strong disagreement in this passage between Barnabas and Saul. The Bible said the contention was sharp, so sharp that they parted ways concerning this young man, John Mark. And what had happened was that they had gone on a missionary journey earlier, and for some reason, John Mark had quit on them. And I don't know what happened. Maybe he got discouraged. Maybe he got homesick. For whatever reason, he quit and went back. And because of that, the Apostle Paul, and if you've ever studied the personalities, you could understand Paul being a cleric, why he would respond this way. He basically washed his hands of the boy 
and said, he's finished and I'm done with him too. But Barnabas wasn't like that old son of consolation. Because he did not focus on Mark's problems. He focused on Mark's potential. I've heard preachers preach about Paul being right in this situation and Barnabas being wrong because Paul went on to write so many books of the Bible and see so many say, but Barnabas was not wrong in this situation. And encouragers can see the potential where maybe someone else fails to see it. Barnabas, Barnabas believed in Mark so much that he parted company with Paul in order to take John Mark with him. I find it very interesting. Barnabas would not quit on Paul, and yet Paul was ready to quit on Mark. I mean, on on, on the last podcast, we looked at how Paul was trying to basically do what Mark is doing, get in the ministry, get in to the work of the Lord, and, and the disciples wouldn't let him. But Barnabas stood up for him and broke that barrier. But here, Paul is not willing to do the same for Mark. And I know that's probably a sacred cow because we all think so highly of Paul. But let me just say, Paul was human too. And I've heard people preach against Barnabas here and say Paul was right. I think otherwise. And the reason I think otherwise is because John Mark later became profitable. In fact, Paul even admitted to that. He even came to that realization in 2 Timothy 4.11. He said, take Mark and bring him with thee. For he is profitable to me for the ministry. That's a far cry different than what difference than what we're seeing in Acts 15, where the contention is so sharp that they parted ways and Paul took Silas and Barnabas took Mark. And yet at the end, Paul had to admit, Barnabas, you were right. Barnabas, you saw something in that young man I didn't see. You know, some people, I'm afraid, suffer with the Charlie Brown complex. I mean, you know Charlie Brown could never do anything right, but if you read Peanuts enough, you begin to notice that one of his biggest problems was the fact that Lucy was always around to make sure he couldn't do anything right and remind him of it when he didn't. And there's one cartoon, we used to read these when I was a kid, one cartoon where Lucy put her hands on her hips and uh, Charlie Brown had made another mistake. And she said, Charlie Brown, you're a foul ball in the line drive of life. You're in the shadow of your own goalpost." You're a miscue. You're three putts on the 18th green. You're 7-10 split in the 10th frame. You're a dropped rod and reel in the lake of life. You're a missed free throw, a shanked nine iron, and a called third strike. Do you understand? Have I made myself clear? Anybody anybody got any Lucy's in your life? I know I've had some. Do you know what John Mark needed? He needed somebody to build a bridge. He needed a word of encouragement. He just needed somebody to believe in him. Barnabas brought blessings to others in chapter 4. He broke barriers for others in chapter 9. He built bridges for others in chapter 15. Which word best describes your life? Which word best describes your life? Consolation or criticism? You have to be little to be little. Did you hear that? You have to be little to belittle. We need to be generous with praise and cautious with criticism. I've never seen a statue or a monument that was erected to honor a critic. Criticism is the disapproval of people, not for having faults, but for having faults different from what you have. 
and we need to improve our own life and let the improvement of our own life have us so busy that we've got no time to criticize others. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. Romans 14.19 says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one wherewith one may edify another. I love Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. In other words, what some of our mamas used to tell us, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say nothing at all. Just think about what could have happened if Barnabas had not encouraged Saul, if he'd have just walked away from him like everybody else did. Do you realize from a human perspective, we would not have 14 books of the New Testament today? I know God could have given them and would have given them, but he was one of the greatest writers of the New Testament. The church might have lost one of its greatest preachers and greatest missionaries. What about John Mark? What if Barnabas had not encouraged John Mark? Did you know that he happened to be the Mark that wrote the gospel of Mark, the second book of the New Testament? If Barnabas had quit on Mark like Paul did, maybe we would have never had that little gospel called Mark. If Barnabas had given up on Mark, he might have never become the man Paul requested at the end of, a li- at the end of his life. Take Mark and bring him with the He's profitable. I want to give you this story, and I'm done. There was a boy whose dad died when he was five years old, and the boy dropped out of school at the sixth grade. By the time he was 17, he had lost job after job after job. He got married at 18, had a baby at 19, separated from his wife at 20. He became a railroad conductor and got fired. He joined the Army, but he washed out. He became a farmer, and he lost his shirt. He applied to law school, but got turned down. He became an insurance salesman and could not give the insurance away. Finally, he became a dishwasher and a cook in a little restaurant. And one thing he was able to do was to finally persuade his wife to come back to him. And together they made a living cooking and washing dishes in that little restaurant. At the age of 65, he retired. He went to the mailbox, got his first Social Security check for a grand total of $105. And the 65-year-old man was so discouraged he decided to commit suicide. He went under a shade tree, wrote out his last will and testament, determined to end his life. And somehow his wife found out about his scheme and confronted him and said, let me tell you one thing you can do. And I believe you can do it better than anybody I've ever known. The man said, what's that? She said, you can cook. He said, do you really think I can? Do you really think I'm that good of a cook? She said, you're the best. You're fabulous. And that gave him an an idea. He went down to the local bank and borrowed $87 against that Social Security check. And he went to the supermarket, bought some chicken, bought some boxes, fried it with a recipe that he had that was special that he had developed on his own. And he put it in boxes and began going door to door in Corbin, Kentucky, selling his chicken. It became so popular, he came up with the idea to try to sell it to restaurants. And guess what? He was turned down 1,014 times before a man by the name of John Y. Brown tasted that chicken and said, I'm going to go into business with you. Do you know what that man's name is? We call him 
Colonel Sanders. Harlan Sanders, the founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Do you know what the secret was? It's not the secret ingredients of his, of his recipe. Because this was the same man, the same recipe, the same ability, and the same chicken. The only difference was his wife came to him and said, Do you know what? You can cook. Honey, do you really think I'm a great cook? She said, You're the best. You're fabulous. And the difference between Harlan Sanders committing suicide and having that success with the KFC chicken was a word of encouragement. I want to ask you today again, what sums up your life? What describes your life? Consolation or criticism? Learn to bring blessings to others. Learn to break barriers for others. Learn to build bridges for others. I don't remember where I heard this first, but I put it in my memory bank and I keep it in my memory bank and I quote it to myself and I quote it often to others. There's three people that you never forget. There are those that put you in trouble. There are those that leave you in your trouble. And there are those that help you in your trouble. Learn to encourage those that seem to be the biggest failures. The amazing thing that you'll find is that when you're encouraging them, you're going to be encouraged yourself. Today, go out, be salt, be light. Go out today and put some sunshine in somebody's life. If you're listening to this in the evening, you've got all evening and the morning to plan on purpose to go out and be salt and light in this world. Until the next Treasures of Truth podcast, God bless you.